In Southeast Asia, we, we face a different issue. I believe that we are living in the repressive uh, government like each other, so it is time that we have to be united and fighting back the repressive government. We also know that killings represent just one end of a spectrum of a broader range of threats and intimidation, harassment and, and other challenges facing people that are protecting their territories, protecting their lands and rivers. Hello and welcome to Earth Matters. I'm Jenny Denton. Research published by the UK-based NGO Global Witness earlier this year found that at least 207 environmental defenders were killed around the world in 2017, fighting land grabs, resource extraction and mega-projects, an average of four deaths a week. Fifty of the documented killings were in Asia, 48 of them in the Philippines, which became one of the deadliest countries in the world for activists under President Duterte. Global Witness publishes an annual report on these killings, which have continued to increase as a global rush for land and resources gathers pace, the organisation says. In late August this year, 50 environmental activists and advocates from Southeast Asia came together in Thailand to talk about security, strategy and the situations they're facing as a global crackdown on civil society is felt in the region. As attendees at the Forest Defenders Conference explained, killings are just the most extreme form of a wide range of repressive strategies being used against activists, including judicial harassment, violence and surveillance, which is increasingly done online. The Forest Defenders Conference was organised by Earth Rights International, the Cambodian Youth Network and a group called Not One More. On the show today, we'll hear from some of the attendees at the conference. But first, from Not One More co-founder Fran Lambrick. So Not One More came about because I met the two co-founders of the organisation and we had experienced frontline work with activists in different parts of the world and we had all faced situations where people were at risk or were in exile or you know in my case of course which had been threatened and then murdered and we decided to work together to form an organization that could be focused on a few countries like working on the ground with activists to support them in just a just a few places so as to be able to do it in a really long-term and more effective, in-depth way, but also to be engaged in advocacy internationally and at a global level, because a lot of the time the threats are so transnational that it's really important to be considering how consumption in one country or um, a transnational corporation can be having a really devastating impact um, and be committing human rights abuses in another country. For me, it came about because I had known and and worked with a Cambodian environmental defender called Chukruti, who was killed in 2012. And I met him actually on the day of a protest when he was attacked at gunpoint. He was thrown to the ground in front of me and I was trying to film. That day he was rescued, but later on, five months after that event, he was killed. 
in another part of Cambodia while investigating an illegal logging site. And the film that I was making became more about him and about his life. And later the film was actually banned in Cambodia and then was watched by around up to a million people. It went viral online and people suddenly wanted to, wanted to see the film because it was being repressed. And so the campaign, Not One More, came for me out of understanding and seeing firsthand how people who protect the environment are facing deadly threats and being murdered even for their efforts. The threats against environmental defenders are very widespread and we don't actually know the extent of even the killings, which are, of course, like the most... Um, the most shocking and often the most widely recorded and documented. Um, but the killings are only the tip of the iceberg. You know, there is extensive criminalization, intimidation, threats, um, things which even might be so, um, so systematic and so entrenched that it's, it wouldn't even be considered necessarily a threat, but it's simply that civil society is extremely repressed and surveillance in certain countries is is very, very um, extensive. And that suppresses activism even before it's almost begun in many places. So, so yes, the threats against environmental defenders are, are really widespread and it's not only limited to, you know, so-called developing countries or, you know, to the global south. There's, you know, we've been working with or connected with activists in the UK who have been protesting fracking, which is, of course, devastating environmental impact. And, and they have also, you know, been, been criminalised. There has been um, recently three um, defenders were criminalised under an anti-terrorism law in the UK. And this is something that we're also seeing in the Philippines, that anti-terror laws are being used um, to to clamp down on actions to protect the environment and on the indigenous rights movement. And it's really Orwellian. It's, it's completely shocking that this happens, um, especially when you, when you hear and see the sort of global discourse about preventing climate change and the Paris Agreement and, you know, recycling better and doing more to protect, to protect forests and so on. But when it actually comes to it and there are corporate interests going up against people who are losing their land or their livelihoods or who simply strongly believe that this is wrong, then you get these violent clashes. And it's, it's, I would say it's happening in most places where there is extensive destruction of natural resources and of the ecosystems. So last month we organised a conference in Thailand which was called the Forest Defenders Conference for 2018. And this is the second iteration of an annual conference for frontline forest defenders. We're not too strict about that. There's a lot of number of environmental defenders who don't specifically work on forests, actually, who are, who are there. But we consider, you know, hydropower dams and mining and everything as being interconnected, and it often does have an impact on forests. The conference brought together around 50 activists from across the region, from across Southeast Asia, and also with a couple of defenders from Turkey and from Brazil. And the aim of the conference really was, was twofold. One was just to build international solidarity and support among those groups. And the second 
was to develop a declaration for the region. Prior to the conference, we also had two days of workshops which were focused on environmental investigations, video documentation for evidence and to use in advocacy, uh, security focused on digital security, but also community security, risk assessment and field work. And then there was also a day of a legal workshop. So considering different legal strategies and cases that have been brought either to support um, campaigns or or to defend people who have been criminalized or who, who have faced legal threats due to their work as environmental activists. It was a great energy building off those two days. There were a lot of, a lot of young people and people who had been at risk or like one person, one defender from Malaysia who had been arrested 15 times in the last few years. So a lot of people who were sharing some really powerful and incredible experiences and and also groups who were sharing stories of their success and how they had actually been effective in, for example, Mother Nature Cambodia was sharing um, how they had stopped the hydropower dam in Arang Valley. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mori. Uh, I work for Cambodian Youth Network. Uh, we work again deforestation in Cambodia. We work on hydropower dam development, and we also working to promote uh, digital rights in Cambodia. I have honor to be part of the conference, to be part of the organizer. It is very special time to have everyone here who are dedicated to uh, promote human rights, democracy to protect the natural resources and to promote the sustainable development in your community, in your country, and to save the planet. Um, we have uh, a lot of participants from Cambodia. And uh, why is the reason? I think many of you uh, maybe know about the uh, situation in Cambodia right now. We're moving from... Uh, multiple party country to single party by dissolution of uh, the main opposition party and uh, the closing the civic space in Cambodia. The government have uh, used the law, uh, for example, like the law on uh, NGO and association to restrict, to repress NGO grassroots community. The government continue to arrest human rights defender environmental activists, extrajudicial killing. In addition, the closing of independent media. It is a hard condition for, for us to do uh, advocacy as well. So it is very important that uh, we are here and met uh, our friends from different countries that we are able to share the story. We are able to, to learn from each other that we are able to keep our struggle, keep our resistance. We are in the hard situation, but it is very important that we keep organizing and empowering the local community 
and we still keep doing action to fight back with the uh, repressive government. And it is very important that we have to, to fight for the equal access to the natural resources, to fight for the sustained de- development and uh, uh, equality for uh, everyone. And in Southeast Asia, we, we face uh, different issues. I believe that we are living in the repressive uh, government like each other, so it is time that we have to be united and fighting back the repressive government. I think this Forest Defender Conference, it is a good opportunity uh, for, uh, for networking, and hopefully we will have a fruitful discussion and contribute to the environmental declaration that, uh, that we are going to, to do tomorrow, and hopefully we are able to find the next step to continue support to, to environmental defender. And now let's listen to Soking. But no canong take a mic or pahaji min ring and in Cambodia now everything the practice or the implementation or enforcement of law seems to be now not uh, complying with the constitutions. The ruling party try to restrict the freedom of um, civil society to restrict the right of defenders, uh, human rights defenders and environmental uh, defenders rights and so on. Another method um, to hide um, the um, human rights violation by the government is that the government uh, have been using the pro-government uh, mainstream media to spread the news and they only show news on the positive side. But on the ground, in reality, violation on human rights uh, in general are uh, on the increase. The destruction of natural resources and environment is on the increase. Independent media uh, have been uh, restricted. Many of them have been closed. Now I would like to talk about the forest defenders or environment defenders. In our networks, the civil society organization and our network community building network, which works to protect the land and the forest and the environment, now about 500 of us have been under charges, one or another. And then about 500 of us become victims of judicial harassment, and some people have been under six, seven or eight charges. The crackdowns um, that I've just mentioned is just some of the many forms of crackdowns that are happening in Cambodia. Judicial harassment is one of the main methods. For the judicial case, sometimes it happens over a period of many years, and people don't have time to go to work to make an income, and then they don't have the resource to be equal before the law with them. Rarely have we won any case, but the rich and the powerful are sure to win the cases at the court. So I, I think uh, as uh, the defenders and a group of us uh, working uh, as defenders or supporting defenders, I think uh, we should be able to do something to protect ourselves, to protect all human rights defenders, forest defenders, environment defenders, to make the world a better world for us. Thank you. Thank you.
Our first um, speaker would be Beverly Longid. She's the global coordinator of the International Indigenous Peoples Movement for Self-Determination and Liberation based in the Philippines. Bev is also currently on the terrorist list of the current um, administration. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, fellow defenders and friends of defenders. Um, yes, I am in the terrorist list that the government of the Republic of the Philippines just um, issued uh, early this year. Maybe the question is, why am I in the terrorist list? I belong to an organization uh, locally, nationally, and internationally that are in the front line of struggles to defend lands. So we are, in the st uh, we are campaigning against land and resource um, grabs. So if you look at the maps, you would see that the territories of indigenous peoples are actually also the locations where the remaining resources that are vital for our survival are located. And this is where the conflict arises. Who gets to own and who gets to control um, these um, resources? And because of this resistance, because of this assertion of land rights, um, indigenous communities, organizations face various risks. Um, the latest would be on uh, the, the terrorist listing. But uh, so, uh, for the past how many years in the Philippines, we have experienced um, criminalization of dissent or resistance. And this comes in different forms. We face um, trump-up charges of uh, 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 different trump-up charges, criminal offenses like murder, attempted murder, arson, um, even our moves to evacuate from our communities due to militarization uh, is even charged with um, human trafficking, wherein we are charged with bringing um, uh, trafficking um, members of our communities who themselves are escaping the, the, the ill effects of um, militarization. Aside from criminalization, we also face um, uh, various forms of attacks. Um, just... Uh, a few days ago, after the celebration of the International Day of the World's Indigenous Peoples, one of our members in Mindanao was, was gunned down. He would be the 48th um, indigenous activist um, killed uh, during the period of President Duterte. But aside from that, we also suffer from um, continuous military operations in our communities. Welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us for this session on dams, deforestation and defenders. My name is Maureen Harris. I'm the Southeast Asia Program Director at International Rivers. International Rivers is a human rights and environmental organization and we're working globally to protect rivers and also work to protect communities who are dependent on rivers and river resources. In Southeast Asia, we focus in particular on two important transboundary river basins, the Mekong and the Selween rivers. These rivers are critically important for hundreds of thousands of people in the region who rely on the rivers to support food security, to support livelihoods, as well as local cultures and identity. And both these river systems are threatened by 
large-scale dam development on the, on the river. And both of them also have communities who stand up to protect their rights. I'd just like to share a few observations from our work, from International Rivers' work, both in this region but also globally, on the threat of hydropower and the, the risks it causes for environmental defenders. Firstly, one thing that we see is that hydropower development is much more than an issue of water or threats to water. It's also very much an issue about land and about forests and about territories as well and who has the right to control and use lands and territories. Construction of large dams very often involves the loss of large areas of land, of forests. It's closely linked often to issues of deforestation, both legal and illegal patterns of deforestation. And also dams themselves submerge large areas of, of land under dam reservoirs and also to create new areas for resettlement. And a major human rights impact of dams is around resettlement of large numbers of people. And we often see there's a lack of broader understanding of th these impacts of dams, both the environmental impacts, but also the extensive social and human rights impacts that they have. So from our work, we see that hydropower also poses a major threat to environmental defenders. The high-profile killing of Berta Caceres in Honduras in 2016 was a high-profile case that shone the light on the risks to defenders from hydropower projects. And while we've seen a, a spike in these sorts of incidents around dams, we also know that killings represent just one end of a spectrum of a broader range of threats and intimidation, harassment and, and other challenges facing people that are protecting their territories, protecting their lands and rivers from hydropower development. These issues are also made worse, as we see in this region, when dams are being built in countries with repressive governments, with weak legal regimes, and also that they often disproportionately affect Indigenous people and ethnic minorities because these are the areas where territories and lands are targeted for dam development. And this morning we heard about some of the increasing challenges which we are seeing in this region, but also globally, of shrinking civil society space and increasing government crackdowns and limiting the operations of, of civil society. And this is a real concern, I think, because it leads human rights defenders, environmental defenders, to be more exposed to the risks of standing up for their lands and their rights. But it also, it's led to, I think, a bit of a trend of civil society organisations aligning themselves more closely with governments or working together with governments with the private sector. And this leaves a major gap for accountability in holding the actors in destructive projects accountable. Dam contracts can be very profitable. And in order to make the investments more uh, favourable to investors, this often means that the focus for investors is on the short-term profits, but the risks and the costs of the projects are outsourced. Most of the time that means they're outsourced to local communities and the environment. And we've seen this in the last month. It's played out very starkly um, in the collapse of the dam, the Sepien Senamnoi hydropower project in Laos, where we see challenges for accountability for the, the companies involved in that that dam construction, but the massive toll it can take on local communities.
it was a great moment in terms of just having having some breathing space and an opportunity to connect with each other i think as activists like a lot of the feedback we had was of how people really appreciated being able to get to know and have time to understand and hear about the work of people in very similar situations but from different countries and the declaration is something that we're just launching in the next couple of months so we'll be presenting that at the international anti-corruption conference in copenhagen and then we're also we're also opening it up for sign on and planning how to use that declaration to sort of specifically call on international finance institutions the un governments and corporations private sector uh, to take action to address the specific threats that environmental defenders face in southeast asia That was conference organiser and Not One More founder, Fran Lambrick. Her documentary, I Am Chut Vuti, about the 2012 murder of the Cambodian forest activist, is available online. We also heard from Beverly Longard from the Philippines-based International Indigenous Peoples Movement for Self-Determination and Liberation, from International Rivers Southeast Asia campaigner Maureen Harris, and from activists from the Cambodian Youth Network and the Community Peacebuilding Network. You've been listening to Earth Matters. Earth Matters is produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne with financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation and it's distributed around Australia on the Community Radio Network. The song on today's show is Land and Life from the Cambodian Messenger Band. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. You can listen to more Earth Matters programs or get in touch with the team through the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au. Bye for now.
Thank you. 